0: You can't pay your bill collectors with brand value, and so Trump's legal troubles are becoming real financial troubles. 83 million here, 5 million there, a big judgment on the way. At some point, those little sums start to add up. Republicans by the way, have taken a short break from their frivolous impeachment of the president in order to pursue a frivolous impeachment of the Secretary of Homeland Security. It's an election year and that means it's time to talk about the border. We'll help you sort out how to talk about it with Trump leaning or Biden curious family and friends. Finally, right wing media is sounding the alarm about the greatest threat to America. You guessed it, Taylor Swift. This is as silly as it is mean, but it is more likely than not that you'll find yourself defending Taylor Swift as much as Joe Biden this year, so we may as well start now. Welcome back to the podcast for the 54% of Americans who vote for progress in every election and want to convince their conservative friends and family members to join a majority. This is Majority 54.
1: All right, Jason. Well, apologies to the audience. I'm in a glass box right now, so I might have like a huge echo going the on.
0: Last case of emotion. I
1: know. I tried to find somewhere that didn't have an echo, like phone booths or something. But more importantly, $83 million judgment announced by a jury in New York over the past few days. And we, as we're recording this podcast, there could be a ruling in the James judgment as well, which many people think is going to be much, much larger. Jason, you were the civil attorney here. What's going on? Like, I, I honestly didn't realize there were two separate cases until recently like with two separate judgments here but mm-hmm. the great state of new york is truly delivering we're doing our part okay
0: so i i do have trouble keeping these uh, keeping track of these a little bit so the so okay let's review uh the eugene carroll case is where the 83 million dollar judgment comes from right and that is where trump has been found liable for uh sexual assault um and then, after that, he was uh, ordered to pay $5 million um, in defamation, right? Uh, in, in a defamation claim because he was found liable for sexual assault and for defamation. And he went out and said, I didn't, I didn't, I never met this woman. And they were like, Yeah, you did. You got to pay her $5 million. And then, after that judgment, he went out and he was like, No, seriously, I've never met this woman and she's terrible. And he said a bunch of other things. And then that brought a new claim. And now the judge in that has said that's going to be $83 million. Now, just like, uh, what will happen with another case that we'll talk about in a second, um, that is going to get into the world of appeals. Uh, something that if people don't already know, um, when you win a big judgment, uh, and this is true for trial lawyers, just like it is for plaintiffs, um, for the clients, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get paid right away. Because then then what happens is like a new negotiation usually, and an appeals process. like. And they go hand in hand, because what happens is the, the defense that's been ordered to pay all this money, they're like, hey, we're going to find a bunch of ways to appeal this. And while we do that, you're not going to get paid. Uh, and we may get the judgment to come down on appeal. We may get it reversed on appeal. So what is implied is, do you want to negotiate a settlement? Do you want to or do you want to risk? Like, do you want to do you want to go all in? Uh, and see, you know, double or nothing. You know, it's not double or nothing. But do you want to, Do you want to go all in, or do you want to take what money we'll give you right now? That's probably uh, maybe happening a little bit behind the scenes because Trump is going to be out there looking. In this case, probably because of his financial troubles that uh, there's been a lot of people writing about lately, um, he's going to be out looking for an appeal bond, somebody to like invest in him uh, winning on appeal. But the problem with that for him is. Even if it like if it doesn't work, he's got to pay back. It's like any other loan. He's got to pay it back with interest. So that's that's the Eugene Carroll case. Okay. Um, on the other side, you have this case that the AG, the Attorney General of New York, has brought for some time, which is about the business practices of the Trump organization. And we've covered that on here. It's been covered by a lot of folks. Um, you know, it's about Trump uh, overvaluing. Uh, his assets in order to get uh loans at favorable rates and to get bigger loans um and a bunch of people are implicated in it uh and now we're going to get a judgment handed down possibly today um and it's going to be like high seven figures, i mean we're eight figures i guess that would be i can't even count um but it's you know probably north of 100 million um And so that is a whole other issue. So it's two separate civil cases where he's, I'm sure, going to be trying to delay an appeal, but also trying to figure out how much he would be willing to settle for. And there's the wrinkle of he's probably going to be asked in this case uh, to put up uh, some amount of money as sort of a down payment on it that he probably wouldn't necessarily pay to the, the people who sued him, but it would be something where he'd have to like pay it to the court to let the court hold it. So it wouldn't be available to him.
1: And what's interesting is, and I think this is Florida, you may know more about this than me, but um, in Florida, when you lose a judgment, I, I could be wrong about this, but I think you have to put up the entire amount of the judgment in order to appeal. And I think this is what undid Gawker, because in the Gawker case, when Hogan won, they couldn't appeal it from what I understand, because they didn't have the, the enough be. money. Um but you know worth pointing out that this is a new york both of these are new york cases which means that he won't be bailed out by his federal judges unless they truly come up with something you know made up right because presidential immunity doesn't apply to these civil suits and doesn't apply to new york law in this case so he yeah there's no there's no argument that what he did to Carroll, for example would be covered by presidential immunity and predated his presidency
0: yeah i don't think i mean i guess there if 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 the lawsuit were initiated while he was president, um which I think happened, right? Didn't it get told until after until until after the presidency, um, which had precedence in um the Paula Jones matter with uh, with President Clinton, right? So there, but I don't think i don't I don't this is all already the ball is rolling. I mean, there's judgments. Um, and then, in addition to all of this, um you you have uh, the rather large issue. Of whether or not he can pay any of this with the PAC funds that he raised, you know, he he mm-hmm. falsely, uh, in the wake of the 2020 election, um, said that he was raising a bunch of money for the legal the, to pursue the legal routes of overturning the election, and he's just turned that into this legal slush fund that he's been using to cover the legal costs of witnesses who he wants to keep beholden to him um, of other co-defendants for the same reason and it seems to some extent uh or to a large extent for his own legal defense and now the question is if he has to put up money as sort of a down payment on a judgment can he do that through money that he raised for his own legal defense like can he pay a judgment with that money and it seems to me that there there's there's differing views on that among legal experts. I've no idea. I've never, never been confronted with anything like that. Thanks. Well, the New York, New York
1: times reported that he has spent somewhere around $50 million from his political action committees already on his legal defense. So this is the legal expenses themselves, not the judgment. Right. And, you know, as you point out they're there are differing opinions on whether he could spend the money on the judgment now what we know about trump is whenever you know differing li- legal opinions is is the standard you know where he's going to come out on that and he's going to force the hand of the law and i think we can pretty much guarantee that he's going to try uh, and he's going to be it, he's going to test the courts the norms and really just like everything he's doing try to run out the clock right like he he'll try to do it and then who has to who enforces federal election law Jason well the feds who would he be in control of if he became president the feds and right. so he you know even though the fec is a little bit more complicated but you know this is all part of his strategy to get the presidency and nothing else will matter after that
0: yeah and on on top of all of this you have for him i think the complicating matter of it putting more scrutiny on his finances which he doesn't want i mean it's well-known that Donald Trump has been unwilling at any point to follow the well-established norm of you know releasing his taxes, releasing a true statement of, of what he owns and doesn't own, where he's doing business, uh, like every other president and presidential candidate for the most part has done. He has not ever done that, and he's for the most part been able to avoid ever having to do it. Well, if he is struggling to find funds in order to pay these judgments, uh, then it gets into what about the tens of millions of dollars that you have made since you were president by dealing with foreign entities i mean by going into a deal on a on a on uh like a a golf events with the the saudis by you know doing stuff in oman you know like as he starts selling things off which he it seems is likely going to have to do who's he going to sell them to and at what terms um Now, does that mean he's going to have to divulge it? No, but it does mean that he's going to get increasingly uh, more scrutiny, hopefully, from the media about those ongoing business dealings, including probably going back to money that he and his family made from foreign entities while he was president.
1: Yeah and I think like if you're thinking about this from the perspective of our goal being to stop Trump from becoming president even in the scenario where he's pulling money from his PACs that obviously helps the cause because that's money he won't be spending on his election and it will be at least a chill it will have a chilling effect to people who want to give to his campaign now some some of his base will be animated by this and want to help him but i would imagine the big donors might have some issues with that Like, uh, you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't put past them to just want to curry favor with him and pay his legal bills. But um, that would be a a taller order. But, you know, on the question of how much money he has, I'm going to read from a section of this New York Times article because they I think they did a pretty good job of on the one hand, on the other handing what Trump has. So they said, when Mr. Trump was entering the White House. Alan Weisselberg, the longtime CFO, prepared a memo showing that the Trump organization was running low on cash. It had $60 million, which included more than $26 million tied up in a partnership he could not touch. During much of his presidency, the annual financial statements Mr. Trump's company submitted to his lenders showed that he had anywhere between $75 and $93 million in cash. Since then, Mr. Trump's company has sold some once-prized assets. The operating license is a golf club in the Bronx and a lease he controlled as hotel in Washington. His proceeds from the hotel sale hotel alone after paying off the mortgage and other investors were one hundred thirty one point four million dollars before tax. In Mr. Trump's post presidential life, his business, the Trump Organization, has also struck new deals with foreign partners, including Saudi backed golf venture and a Saudi based real estate company for a housing and golf complex to be built in Oman. So, I think this tells you a complicated picture, right? He it was struggling at various points. He sold some assets, and he is grifting uh, with foreign uh governments uh who you know i mean to say this is unethical is to point out the obvious right like we're chasing down hunter biden uh you know still not proven that he broke any law as it relates to any of his his foreign relationships i and again i wouldn't be surprised if he did but it certainly hasn't been proven yet and definitely hasn't been proven that there's anything involving joe biden in those relationships and then here we have in plain sight trump uh running to saudis to rescue him financially it's just sitting there never mind jared kushner
0: yeah never mind jared kushner I, and what i think is frustrating but also important for us to acknowledge about all of this is that it matters but in the context of the 2024 election and persuading people it probably doesn't matter that much because if at this point after all of the corruption and there is a lot uh having to do with trump and the trump world If you're still thinking about voting for Trump, this is not going to be the thing that persuades you. This is baked in because the reason that you're still thinking about voting for Trump doesn't have anything to do with Trump. It has to do with you. It has to do with what you think Trump is going to do uh, that either is going to be mean to the people you want to be mean to or is going to help you either financially or in some other way. So. I think that's important to keep in mind, and it's the reason that you're probably not going to hear President Biden, who is now talking quite a lot about Trump. You're not going to hear him make a lot of uh, mentions of the Eugene Carroll case uh, of, of Trump being found liable for for sexual abuse and assault and defamation, because. I, it's just, it's about Trump. It's not about people's lives. And one thing, you know, we should give the Biden campaign credit for in 2020, I mean, they won the election. So there's lots of things. But one thing that they've done well then and since is they have done a good job of ignoring the perpetually online crowd and the perpetually online inclination to try and throw one more smoking gun on the fire and say look now Trump did this now he's disqualified right and recognize that that's not going to happen and so even when you know Biden's family has been attacked Biden has been very disciplined about not leaning in to making this about the two personalities and instead focusing on what Trump and the Republicans want to do and what he wants to do and how it affects your life and that is Worth noting for everybody who's listening to this who is thinking about how they can persuade the people in their lives uh, to vote for Biden or to vote for Democrats in the coming election is that this stuff, while it is, um, you know, scandalous and it is shameful and it is upsetting, it's not as persuasive as what it's going to mean for actual voters.
1: Yeah, I think of it on two fronts, right? What's persuasive, which I agree, this is not it, right? There is a there is a lot of polling that a uh, judgment in the criminal stuff could make a difference. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, it is helpful, I think, in terms of just mucking up his mind and the machinery of his election, yes. right? It's just like slowing him down.
0: Now- Oh, it's uh, it's. I would have to imagine. I mean, it's already really hard to run for president. I would have to yes. imagine it is harder when your financial empire is under attack and you might go to prison. <laughs> like, yeah. like That's a distraction, to say the least.
1: Yeah, and and I don't want to, you know, obviously, he has shown himself to be fairly resolute in the face of these types of things. And if there if there ever was somebody who would be able to weather this kind of storm and run a campaign, it would be him because his campaigns don't rely on the traditional machinery that other campaigns have, right? He's He is his own earned media. He has his own solid base, right? Like you go through all this kind of stuff, like he, this will slow him down, but it certainly will not stop him and you know he he was outspent by hillary and still won in part because of his ability to get her in media and push his own message right so this is this is obviously not like like this is not the the open shut uh victory that i think people want it to be but it's just one piece right you you do everything you possibly can and and this is part of it now um let's talk about something happening on the hill here which is This kind of snuck up on me because it just seems so patently absurd. But the um, GOP uh, House Homeland Security Committee approved two articles of impeachment earlier today against Mayorkas, the Homeland uh, Security Secretary, over his handling of the southwest border. Uh, And this was an 18 to 15 party line vote. uh, And they endorsed a resolution uh, charging Mayorkas with refusing to uphold the law and breaching public trust by failing uh, to stop migrants who are coming across the border, this sets the stage for a House vote as early as next week on an impeachment um, that feels like a reach, Jason. And if they impeach him, it will it will follow the normal impeachment process that we've all become familiar with, which would go to trial in the Senate, and they, that would require a two thirds vote, which obviously not going to happen. This just, you know. There's two ways to look at it, right? Which is the absurd overreach. And the second is that when the Republicans look at polling and data, right? Remember what we talked about last week, which is the objective data over what Biden has done and not done, right? Well, the one thing that the economists, and I think most people looking at just the raw numbers, that's just an inconvenient story for Biden right now is what's been happening at the border and in cities around the country. What the Republicans are trying to do in this case is do everything possible to put front and center the border, uh, even if this move is an overreach, they're saying, "All right, this puts it in the news. This gets everybody talking about immigration and the border." So, in that sense, though unethical, it is probably smart politically, in my mind.
0: It's smart politically, and it's right out of the playbook. Um, it's yeah. like it's just the new, the latest version of. I mean, what have we had in the past? We had the caravan. Remember, uh, I, I don't know what happened to that caravan. That I think it was not. What was that? 3 cycles ago, I think that was the 2018 uh yep. midterm. Um Jeremy says oh the caravan is still coming. I mean probably yeah. we're going to hear about a new caravan. But apparently when the election happened, that caravan just was like, you know what? It's not worth it and they just turned around. <laughs> so there was the, and then and then they have different versions of this uh where it's not really an immigration thing but it's still a a, a race uh and ethnicity oriented thing which was uh, I, wasn't there a moment in I think in 18, was it 18? Or am I going, all, I'm mixing up, maybe it was 14 when Ebola had like invaded North Carolina, we were told. I mean- No, oh, so, I don't even remember that. Yeah, yeah so this is, this is the move. It's, it's, it's their SOP, their standard operating procedure. It's um, okay, the economy is not, if, if you have inflation to argue about or gas prices to argue about, or the economy to argue about, then you argue about that. If you don't have those things to argue about, um, and you don't have some big scandal because you haven't been able to generate the Hunter Biden uh, scandal into anything other than something that has gained a lot of traction on the right and might muddle the corruption picture a little bit for some independents, but isn't it doesn't seem to have anywhere near the traction of, of other made up scandals aimed at Democratic nominees, i.e. Um, you know, emails or Benghazi right those because it was their first time trying it, they were much more effective, I think so far than and and it 's yet to be seen, but at least more effective than the hunter Biden stuff um, The other th- reason I think that it 's generally less effective politically the their approach to trying to create and manufacture scandals against Biden is because when they did that, um, you didn't have the history with Trump that you have now so you know in 2016 when they were talking about emails not being secure or trying to talk about benghazi well you you didn't have four years of donald trump abusing power getting impeached legitimately you know doing also enriching himself um so it was a nothing against a supposed something right so now, they, they have to try and find a new way to create a scandal. That's not going as well. So you pivot back to your Alamo, the thing that you always do if you're the Republicans and you're coming up on an election, which is you you try to remind white people to be afraid. And and that's, now I'm not saying that there aren't issues with the border. There there have been, there continue to be. You are much more of an expert than I am on the migrant crisis because it's it's really a true thing that's being dealt with in New York City. Um, But it, that's not what they're after here, in my estimation.
1: Yeah, it is. A, you, you, I, it's totally right that it is a real crisis. I think, like, they are not, like, their strategy here is to not in any way cooperate in the negotiations on the House side. Now, the Senate side seems to be much more good faith. And, but obviously, the margins are always slimmer, you know, especially since you could lose some progressives. Like, there was an article in Politico today about how. Uh, a lot of progressives, mostly House progressives, but you know some some Senate progressives are unhappy with Biden's signaling that he wants to uh negotiate, and they feel like he's giving up too much and i I sympathize with what they're saying, you know that because like things like the dreamers are off the table, et cetera, but it's just a reality that, that there's no world in which even like honestly even if with Biden saying he's gonna just uh, essentially agree to whatever the Republicans want on this they're still saying no like mm-hmm. they they just don't want to help solve this problem because they want the problem for the election like this is this is what they want and i think what biden needs to do is first ask what's in the best interest of the country before the politics right it, you know you look you look to places like new york city uh you look to places like chicago they are buckling under the weight of immigration, never mind what's been happening at the border long before any of this kind of stuff, which I think, like, if everybody takes a step back, I think this is a moment of empathy, right? To say that, all right, border towns who have been saying for a long time that this has been unsustainable for them, I think this is a moment for people who are progressives to say, well, maybe I should listen. Because actually, Democratic politicians on those border towns have been alarmed for a long time. And And so I think it's a moment of empathy just to say, all right, well, what's going on and how do we have a humane response to a situation that blue cities even are struggling with? So this might be a a moment to say, whatever is going on is unsustainable. And then to say, well, what are the solutions at the table? And, And Biden is pushing really sensible things like reforms to the asylum system, because the asylum system seems to be what people, like basically what's happening is, people are presenting themselves to authorities. like In contrast to what was happening in previous immigration waves, people were trying to evade the authorities. What they're doing now is presenting themselves at the border saying, I'm here. They entered the asylum system. And a lot of these people don't have credible claims of asylum. They just know that the asylum system is going to take forever. And once they're in the system, they can just go about their business in the US and assume it'll take so long that it won't even matter anymore. Which you know, overwhelms the system and also hurts people with credible asylum claims, which I know you know a lot about. All that is, I'll I'll stop there and just say, this is a moment for real solutions. The Republicans are not interested in real solutions.
0: Well, with that, let's go ahead and look at this clip of GOP senators talking about the border.
1: The former president calls this a betrayal
0: is that a what do you think of that characterization? It's, it's certainly not a betrayal, actually. We've got to be able to deal with issues in law. That's how we actually deal with things in America. Does he have access to the bill? Doesn't seem that way. It hasn't been released. How does he know it's a betrayal if he hasn't read it? I mean, don't be ignorant. Read the bill.
1: So these are two Republican senators, by the way, just so people who are From listening Oklahoma
0: and Louisiana, like this yeah. ain't Maine, you know? Uh, and and so let's talk about the politics of this, because when when you, when you're going to talk about the politics of this with people, and if they're going to bring up the border as a reason to vote for Trump, I think it is important to talk about this. And, and an analogy you can use is Nixon when he was running, and uh, because look, let's be honest, a lot of the people you're going to talk to who are leaning uh, toward Trump uh, are probably older, <laughs> so use an older analogy. You know, Nixon uh, was secretly working. Back channels to try and keep a, a peace from happening in Vietnam while he was running for president because he didn't want uh, he didn't want the Democrats to get credit for it and he wanted to come in and be the one that that brings peace right so he like kept the war going it turns out right. well well Trump has you know these draconian ideas about the border in the Senate they are working on a compromise about immigration about the border and he is. And when he's saying it's a betrayal, he's acting like an incumbent president trying to lean on his party and tell them what to do politically and try and use his influence in uh, the House and the Senate. And when he says betrayal, he means of me personally. He means if you do anything that allows Biden to take any credit for solving this problem that we are all saying is a giant crisis, you will be betraying me because I want to spend the next however many, what have we got, uh, 10 months? I want to spend the next 10 months, nine months saying that this is a huge crisis. And if you do anything to alleviate that crisis, I can't do that. So th- so you have senators who are not up for reelection, right? Uh, who are, and because they're elected every six years and they're able to have the luxury of being like, well, you know what? This isn't, I'm, I'm in an off year. I'm in a, I can stand up to Trump year. So I can say it's not a betrayal and it's ridiculous to call it a betrayal. I can say that's ignorant, that kind of thing. But then you have House members who, in most states, the filing hasn't happened yet for, uh, for people to run for office, which means they wake up every day in fear, these GOP members, of a primary uh, that has been shouted out on truth social by Trump, right? Of Trump just reaching into their district and grabbing some corporate lawyer who can say all the right things and has never had a blog saying that donald trump is bad for america or at least knew how to get rid of the one that that he or she had and he can just say you know this person is better for this district than representative smith who's a rhino and boom you're done and that is why he has so much influence over the house right now
1: yeah it's funny you're giving them too much credit jason so many of these people trump only asks you're correct today. He hasn't he doesn't care yes. at all what you said about him before. Look at JD Vance, for example, who's getting a lot of V right. buzz, right? At least Stefanic. A lot true. of these people. He would be fine, but Nan- he
0: wouldn't care. Yeah.
1: Nancy Mace, right? I, I think this is an under-discussed element of the MAGA is that and it, honestly, it's the smart move by Trump is he's like, Look, you can flip today, right? He's almost like a Mongol invader, right? He's like, All right, <laughs> if you just pledge to me today, like even if you had yeah. if if you If you, if you are willing to pick up arms yesterday, if you're willing to put them down today, you're, you're, you know, part of this empire and it's smart. You know, he he is, it's look at Nancy Mace, like everybody, Nancy Mace, like the representative from South Carolina, everybody in my life who is a moderate conservative was like, you need to get Nancy, Nancy Mace on the Lost Debate podcast. She's a moderate. She's the future of the GOP. Well, what is Nancy Mace up to now? She sounds no different than Matt Gates, right? Because mm. she made a calculation that Elise Stefanik made, that J.D. Vance made, that Josh Hawley made, all these people made who tried to, at some, I'm probably giving Hawley too much credit, but the rest of them at various points were like, I'm the intellectual, moderate conservative who's going to call out Trump, right? There's no place for those people anymore in our
0: politics. Yeah, so, yeah. He's Faust if Faust lost his ledger of souls right like i mean trump no permanent enemies no permanent friends definitely no permanent friends that is for um, sure yeah and and, and so uh, it, it's it's literally transactional and so the transaction right now is i would rather talk about the border than have you do anything about the border now what what people will come back at you when you say this and say because it's what trump is saying is is no 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 we would rather have a good border deal when Trump is president then a bad border deal, and Trump, you know, we've got it up on the screen here, Trump truthing or whatever you call it, a bad border deal is far worse than no border deal. Um, Well, that's a cover, right? Because as Senator Cassidy pointed out, he don't have a clue what's in the deal. Like they they hadn't released it. He doesn't know. He just doesn't want anything to get done. Well, let me put
1: it this way. If Joe Biden were to say, all right, Ukraine aid, Israel aid and a wall, like right. that's the only immigration policy we have. Trump would still oppose that. Oh, right? absolutely. If he, if, he, if if Joe Biden, and I actually think Biden should just mess around and, and try to see if he could do this, because I'm of the opinion that the wall is irrelevant. Uh, because when mm-hmm. you, have, if, whether you have people with guns or lasers or whatever, like it just doesn't matter. Like, but um. Call his bluff. Say, all right, let's just have an up, like an up-down vote on the wall, and then Biden either gets the wall and says, well, I actually delivered on your campaign promise, or um, Trump says no to his own wall, right? Like, you know. And by the way, you get the you can get the wall. By the way, like they can pass the wall, and you can just not build the wall, right?
0: Like, yeah. Here's the problem with that politically, which is that what we have learned and what several folks several of the progressives that you mentioned earlier have been pointing out and i think rightly or correctly is that uh the old adage the old harry truman adage that if you give people a choice between a republican and a democrat who sounds like a republican they're just going to pick the genuine article not that they necessarily want the republican but they're just going to pick the person uh who is the thing that you're pretending to be and so that is the problem i think that biden runs into here is that you can, uh, to take a term from the Clinton years, triangulate this, you can attempt to triangulate this by saying things like what he's been saying, which is, you know, we're gonna shut the border down, right? Which is a pretty draconian and probably an exaggeration, certainly. Um, But it sounds like tough talk, and it's an attempt to go after those independents who are concerned about these issues. But the question you have to ask yourself is, will those people Give you credit for that, even if you do the things that they want, is it worth it, particularly if you're doing things that you really don't want to do? Can yeah. you even get any of those people?
1: Well, I think this is such a fascinating question because I actually don't know the answer uh, so I actually had I had an interview with uh, David from last week, you know like the Bush speechwriter, writer uh, who's now like a, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. a never trumper and he was it's funny you used the word tri- triangulation he was he brought up triangulation as a positive, because <laughs> he's David Frum, obviously. And he looked at, uh, he, was looking, he was arguing that the Dick Morris, what he called small ball, right? Like Clinton mm-hmm. picking fights over school uniforms and all this kind of stuff and losing those mm-hmm. fights was actually helpful politically in his re-election. Obviously, I was in middle school, so I, I honestly have no idea. But it is an interesting theory, right? Which is, I'm I'm equal parts persuaded by people who say our coalition falls apart if Biden does this kind of things versus those who say, well, like he'll signal to the moderates that he's serious or whatever. I actually am kind of fifty fifty on that, right? Which is like I actually don't know. But I, I hear smart people making both arguments.
0: So quick update on this, and then I wanna I'll comment on on what you what you just said. So the update that Salty just gave us is that Mitch McConnell has just said that senators are close to releasing final bill text of the border and immigration negotiations, but they're not there yet. McConnell praised James Langford for the job he's done negotiating with Democrats in the White House. That comes from Max Cohen at Punchbowl. So we're still, we are still haven't released it. Uh, we still haven't seen it. Here's, here's why I think that that analysis of what happened with Bill Clinton and triangulation is correct and why it doesn't really hold up in 2024. It, in those days, one, You had Bill Clinton, who was a Democratic governor of Arkansas, and he had he had a record of uh, being a moderate. He existed in the zeitgeist as a moderate Democrat. So when Bill Clinton did things like say we should have school uniforms, which was a traditionally more of a of a conservative idea, people saw that as on brand. They saw that as as him doing you know moderate Democratic things, and it played into that brand and. It was also a more conventional time where even if he didn't have that record right he could do those things and win some people over but the small ball piece of it was he wasn't necessarily in most cases picking issues where people already had a baked in idea and and already a polarized concept right like he wasn't going out there taking a, a republican position on say immigration he you know he he was careful about that sort of thing he would nod in that direction he would say things about violence in video games he would do cultural cues um but he but he didn't just like acquiesce on a policy issue now the problem i think biden has uh and and why biden and, and i'll explain why biden has to do it differently the problem biden has is even though biden by the way has a his history is as a moderate democratic politician that's his history but that history has been wiped away by three really four years because of the election of the trump attack machine right and of just the honestly just the laziness of the way uh coverage of politics works now like you know right after an election we don't even get into the specifics about what the policy negotiations are like cnn and and everybody they get into how it's going to play politically and they get into it right away because we've gotten to a point where that's what people know how to do and so they talk about everything that way and it just becomes left versus right and the average um the average independent voter who's not sure what they think about things particularly well actually particularly one that's conservative for all the fights that people like my friend Claire McCaskill may have had uh, through her comments about people like AOC, they don't see them as any different, I promise you. They, They do not differentiate between the two. So in my view, excuse the monologue but in my view what biden has to do to make those same those same gains with independence is the stuff that he is trying to do which is to find stuff that is not ideologically left or ideologically right but just affects people's lives it's the stuff that they're doing where they're trying to make it so that you don't have to pay as many fees when you check into a hotel so that netflix isn't as expensive so that you know it's it's the kind of stuff where people don't go into it with a with a currently baked idea of what's left and what's right and it just plays the idea of oh this guy gets stuff done and and that i think is the modern version of that kind of triangulation uh, to and to finish the thought because on the one hand you really don't have the same opportunity to win people over unless you would come into the presidency and you'd been picking fights with your whole with your own party the whole time then you could but then the other reason is it's such a juggling act to maintain the democratic coalition at this point, because it's so wide ranging. You really don't have the luxury of taking those kinds of positions.
1: Yeah. It's so fascinating. I mean, I, I, I think we could talk for an entire episode about the moderate image of Biden and, and how it's been chipped away at and like what to do about that moving forward. You know, and one option could be, Because all of this is signaling, right? Like one thing that could be interesting, and and this is not going to happen, but I'm using it just as like a hypothetical, right? Which is, well, what if Biden got up and gave a speech and he was like, look, let's truly do it and remind people that he's a deal maker." To be like, look, Trump, what do you talk about? What's the one thing you care about uh, when it comes to immigration? The wall, right? You've been talking about the wall. And, And by the way, you could use this as an opportunity to remind people that he didn't do what he said he would do. And be like, well, you want the wall. Let's do the wall. If you give me dreamers, like let's do dreamers for the wall. Now this is never going to happen. So like people listening are be mad. Well the wall is like this or that. Like look, they're not going to say yes to this. But let them say no. And then Biden, when he's on the debate stage, if there's even going to be a debate or an ads, could be like, look, I was going to give you the one thing you cared about for kids. That's what we were asking, kids for your wall, and you said no. You didn't even want to do a deal. Um, and that to people is like crystal clear, and I think that's sellable to the left, which is, we're not actually gonna do any of this, but even if we did, we would actually get something real done for you uh, that we've been trying to get done for a long time.
0: That's kind of, maybe maybe, I, maybe that's my revised proposal. I, I, th- I think, yeah, it, I don't know if it's the wall, but there's something, like it, something where you're like, look, it, it, it doesn't even, all it would really probably have to be is Biden with some credibility saying, I've offered the Republicans everything they asked for. Yes. And, they, and and as always happens, they are hostage takers who refuse to submit demands and just yeah, well, say it over and over and over again. And I think I think there's something to that. Now, with all well, that said, he, go, oh, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Oh, let me just make one more point on that. The reason why I say the wall, and I don't actually know if I believe this, is because Trump used the wall symbolically yeah. to signal a to a his metaphor. people what he cared about. So I would say take the metaphor and show them that he actually doesn't care about this thing uh, and show mm-hmm. the people, it's almost like a King Solomon moment, right? To be like, you actually don't care. Uh, Okay. With that, let's go to our ads. When we come back, we're going to check in with Nikki Haley, who has a uh, grumpy old men campaign against Biden and Trump. And then um, I am sad to say, we might talk a little bit of football, but the politics of football and America's favorite pop star, Taylor Swift, all of this when we come back.
0: Heart health and staying healthy, especially when you have family, friends, or loved ones that you want to be able to spend as much time with as possible is so, so important. February is heart health month in the United States, and more than half the population would still benefit from blood pressure support. Superbeats heart shoes are the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended way to support healthy blood pressure. And they even promote heart healthy energy without the stimulants. Paired with a healthy lifestyle, the antioxidants and superbeats are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone and with over 40,000 five-star reviews and counting, people are raving about Super Beats Heart Shoes. Super Beats Heart Shoes are absolutely delicious, and they're truly much better than any alternative supplements out there. I take my Super Beats Heart Shoes each morning, and it's really helped kickstart my day. After taking my Super Beats Heart Shoes, I feel like I have more energy, I'm ready to take on the day. Super Beats Heart Shoes support healthy circulation, so you not only get blood pressure support, you also get productive, heart-healthy energy without the crash. Support your heart health with Super Beats Heart Shoes. Get a free month supply of Super Beats Heart Shoes on all bundles and a free full-size bag of turmeric shoes valued at $25 with your order by going to Majority54Beats.com. Get this exclusive offer only at Majority54Beats.com. Sleep is incredibly important in my household, which is why I love my Helix mattress so much. Now here's the order. in, uh, you know, it's like my family, you know, Diana, true, Bella. And then right under that, I, I, oh, the dog, no, the dog is after The dog is after my mattress. So like in terms of what I'm I'm on the road right now, what, what I'm looking forward to when I get home, I wanna see my family. And then I wanna sleep on my mattress that I love. And then I would like to see my dog. Now I'm gonna see my dog before the mattress, but you get my point. Uh, and that's because, I, you know, I'm a guy who like, I used to be such a pro at sleeping on any surface. I was a soldier, uh, you know? I like, I prided myself on that. I could sleep anywhere, but now, I'm totally spoiled, man. Like I dread this hotel bed that I'm looking at over here because I I just miss my mattress. It just knows exactly what to do with my spine. It's perfect. So with everything going going on in life from work to a demanding social schedule to sports and kids and kids sports, it's incredibly important to me and probably to you that you're getting a good night's sleep every single night. So you should take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. Uh, I took the Helix Sleep Quiz. I was matched with uh, a midnight luxe mattress because I wanted something that felt like medium uh medium to firm and, and I sleep on my side so it really helped me uh get exactly where I needed to be. Don't take my word for it, Helix Sleep has over twelve thousand five five-star reviews. So by supporting Helix, you're allowing them to support this show, go purchase your Helix and thank us later for your best night's sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash majority54. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now.
1: Well, Jason, Nikki Haley has fought on, uh, and she and her campaign released a campaign today called Grumpy Old Men. Uh, This is a new series. I don't know exactly what that means. I couldn't find the actual video here. But this is their, from their press release. The series will highlight what the American people can expect from Donald Trump and Joe Biden, more chaos, confusion, drama, and a refusal to debate. Nikki Haley offers a better choice with a strong conservative track record. And this is a quote from our campaign spokesperson. Nearly 50% of Republicans and 70% of Americans don't want to watch grumpy old men stumble across America when our country is on the brink and the world is on fire sadly this version of grumpy old men offers no comic relief just chaos confusion and a bad sense of deja vu for the american people there's more here that's super duper cringe
0: but i'll just pause there jason uh i don't know first let's acknowledge solid movie great movie Uh, yeah yeah it was a good it was a good movie so good that they had to say there's no comic relief in this version because they knew that people loved that movie so much that they might have a positive feeling uh, with that accusation that they're grumpy old men. Um, you know, well, I can't can think I just of say anything something better about for the, did, Haley to do. Can I just
1: say something about that? Grumpy old men, right? I don't even want to know how old they were. But uh, <laughs> yeah. here are the ages of the golden girls, okay? <laughs> oh, Dorothy. This. this is upsetting. Dorothy, 55. Rose, 55. Blanche, 53. Okay. Now, Sophia was older because she was the mom. Stan, 57 um dude we're we're not that far from the golden girls
0: i'm i'm about to turn 43 i'm within a decade um and honestly my years are feeling pretty golden now they're not feeling short but they're feeling golden
1: this is not the segment for that but that show is absolutely a 10 out of 10 like
0: (laughs) i don't know if you rewatch it it really holds up i haven't but everyone says that but all right now back back to i mean this is how boring it is to talk about nikki haley as we start talking about the golden girls we're gonna get to taylor swift in a minute folks so hang around um but look uh i can't think of what is better for her to be doing at this point um it's look it's not a terrible argument right like it's the best argument you you can make right now it's a generational one if you're her um and we should, you know, look. everybody is making this argument about Biden it is refreshing that even if it's coming from his own party, uh, that somebody is making this argument about Trump as well. Because obviously yes. we can't, uh, because you can't go out really uh, arguing that Trump is too old when, you know, he was a freshman when your candidate was a senior.
1: Yeah, let me read a little bit more from this press release, because it is super duper cringe. I agree that the strategy is correct. I have some questions about the execution. So this is what they wrote. Grumpy old men, a preview. Basement buddies. Both Trump and Biden spend most of their time hiding in their basements instead of out on the campaign trail. Debate Dodgers. Both Trump and Biden don't want to put their mental decline front and center on the debate stage. Stumbling seniors, both Biden and Trump, will be octogenarians, profligate polls, both Trump and Biden are spend spent like drunken sailors, and drama divas. Both Trump and Biden are consumed by investigations, chaos, and incompetence. Now I'm not sure Joe Biden loves the drama, but if you're listening at home, you too can be a campaign strategist. That's what I think this tells <laughs> us. It's like this doesn't require a lot. And honestly, that felt like that feels like it was written by ChatGPT. GPT.
0: Yeah. It actually really does. And it also feels like, you know, we've assumed all along that running a, you know, a dead man or woman walking campaign um for the presidency in a primary is really um, you know, a slog and and depressing. But on the other hand, they're in whatever, let's give it a shot territory. And uh, I imagine that if you're like a press person in this situation, maybe it's a little fun because nobody's gonna be like, everything was going great until you, the press person tried this, because it's not working. So you may as well try a bunch of stuff and that's probably fun. Now, speaking of new trying stuff, uh, Salty was reading an article and was about to update us on this thing that just broke about um, DeSantis moving some money into salty what do we what do we know about this this breaking thing about desantis moving money into what was an anti-trump uh pack i guess maybe it's becoming an anti haley pack um and, and that that seems to be uh, the indicator okay here we go the chief group backing florida governor ron desantis's presidential bid made a 2.75 million dollar cash infusion to a pop-up super PAC right around the time that group spent millions attacking former president donald trump the payments from the pro DeSantis never backed down to Win It Backpack, a group link to Club for Growth, were revealed in the, I know it's terrible naming, were revealed in the latter groups, or it's, I don't know what it is naming, were revealed in the latter groups filings with the Federal Election Commission on Tuesday. Win It Backpack spent more than 6.4 million on digital and TV ads over the summer. Okay, so what that means this is- So is pre, is, yeah, this is pre him dropping out, yeah. It's pre him dropping out, but it's still there. And I have to imagine that I mean, once he's all in, he's probably going to use it to, uh, to hit Haley, right? Or, or just it, hold on to it. Cause in his yeah. mind, cause you know how these people work, he still looks
1: mm-hmm. in the mirror every day and sees future president of the United States. So he's just going to hold on to the money. Yeah. Why not? Right. That's kind of what I see. I mean, his, mm-hmm. the, his campaign manager was his former chief of staff there. there. Also this week it was reported that the chief of staff is heading back to, uh, Tallahassee. Is that where our capital is in Florida? Uh, to be the chief of staff again. And so I think he's just going to, you know, kind of bide his time and and try to, you know, build up, rebuild his woke credentials, uh, or anti woke credentials over the next couple of years and then try to run in twenty twenty eight. Right. That would be the year. 2028.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Neither of these guys can run again. Uh, so yeah, everybody's going to be lining up for that. Well, I mean, this is why nobody wants
1: Trump to like. All these people don't want Trump to win, you know, like mm-hmm. because if just the sheer history tells us that if Biden wins re-election, it tilts heavily, heavily in favor of Republicans winning the next time. It's just how the American mm-hmm. people work. They want change, right? It's it's already something we're dealing with now. Right. So if you're DeSantis, you're like, all right, I would love to see an open field, um, us versus the Democrats after the Democrats have been in power for eight years because that heavily stacks in their favor.
0: Not to mention the fact that if Trump wins, you have to deal with the fact that he's going to try to run again. (laughs) I mean, you know, like which who knows what's going to happen. That's yet another reason that we can't let him win. Um, All right. That's about as much attention as we should give this fledgling Republican primary. Now, folks, let me give you a little background before we play uh, this clip from the recount, which is a supercut cut of uh, Republicans and Fox News personalities freaking out about Taylor Swift. There was some poll, I don't even remember the origin, that came out saying that like, 18% of Americans said that they would vote for who Taylor Swift tells them to vote for. Now, we could get into Are those people already liberals who know who taylor swift is running for because they followed her politics what is that who knows but it has them scared to death and for context uh so yes we see the george report headline here that says "Maga goes to war on swift um now taylor swift is having a pretty good year uh you know isn't she like time woman of the year she's very she's undoubtedly Uh, she had the highest grossing
1: concert tour in american history
0: yeah i mean she is a musical genius she's an entertainment genius she is clearly someone who is able to speak to the feelings of particularly young women in this country um so i can see why they're concerned but boy do they look ridiculous let's play this clip We have had enough of Taylor Swift for now.
1: She shouldn't be liberal. She should be a total conservative, given what, given everything. The
0: Pentagon's psyop unit pitched NATO on turning Taylor Swift into an asset. Yesterday, she flew private from New York City to Baltimore. Yet she constantly talks about climate change, so. Just please don't believe everything Taylor Swift says. We're all begging you. I think she should just stick to her singing and let her love life be what it is. The New York Times just speculated she's a lesbian.
1: A new poll shows 18% of voters are likely to vote for whichever candidate Taylor Swift
0: endorses.
1: Uh Uh-oh. Biden effectively has Taylor Swift as his VP. Single
0: post of hers led to 35,000 new registrants. That's arguably more power than the president. She's sharing links. And her boyfriend, Travis Kelce, sponsored by Pfizer. Well, what's her stance on policy, economic <laughs> policy, foreign policy? Should I don't think that, that I don't think be sponsored that'll be. Uh... So don't get involved. Don't get involved in politics. We don't want to see you there. So they're just begging her, Ravi, to they're 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 trying to. On the one hand, they're threatening her and trying to be like, look, you are probably inclined to say something publicly about this election. And we want you to know that we will unleash. And it's a real thing. We will unleash the Bud Light thing on you, we will, we will be and not just uh, the economics, but like your physical safety, like that's a real thing that they're threatening her with. And at the same time, they can't help begging her, like, we're begging you not to get involved. The collateral, you know, damages, now then they're now they're anti Travis Kelsey, which they were starting to be anyway, because he did a commercial for the COVID vaccine uh, for for Pfizer saying you could get the flu vaccine and the COVID vaccine at the same time. Um,
1: I don't know, man. I, I just saw my think mom. it's going to be a
0: mistake on their part.
1: My mom posted on Facebook after whatever that she wasn't going to watch the Super Bowl, and then she recently reposted saying she's going to watch it now because of all of this. Um, I would say the one thing that they're saying that makes sense to me is that there's a grand conspiracy in the NFL to help the Chiefs win. Because <laughs> <Stop>. They want <laughs> Swift to, like, obviously, it helps with their ratings. This is not a an organization that has acquitted itself well historically. And so honestly, okay. when, when people are going to think you're
0: serious, when
1: they're floating these theories, I do think they're, they're asking really important questions. I'm not saying that they're <laughs> right. I'm just saying we should look into these things. Okay.
0: Don't if you you're think just joining us? Ravi is a bills fan and the bills were vanquished. They've raised the important Chiefs questions because the
1: amount of revenue that's at work here, Jason, like it, you're just saying like. They do have an interest in seeing the Chiefs make the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that's why the Chiefs are in the Super okay. Bowl. These all are right, all right. That people. was funny.
0: Now I'm going to say something real, <laughs> um, which is that here's what I would what I would point to when when people because you're going to have relative, you're going to go to a Super Bowl party and they're and every time Travis Kelsey scores or whatever, they're going to show Taylor Swift, and you're going to have a relative who says some crap about it. And here's what I would say, which is nobody cares when they show uh like when jack nicholson is at lakers games and they and they go to him like people don't get mad about it people don't get mad when they show spike lee at a a knicks game right But, but i'll tell you what people get mad about they get mad about women being interested in sports and i can tell you that like in this town i've seen it with Brittany mahomes now it's like a classic example um, Patrick Mahomes's wife, Brittany, who they, they're they high school sweethearts, like they they met in high school, they've stayed together. It's a wonderful story. She is a, a former for a short time professional soccer player who when they first moved to Kansas City before his big contract, she worked at Lululemon on the plaza, like, and she celebrates wins. And there are people, including I will tell you, friends of mine who are Democratic operatives who hold themselves out to be feminists, who when their team was playing the Chiefs would text message me things thinking I would think it was funny that were really mean about Brittany Mahomes, who all Brittany Mahomes has done is not only support her husband, but do things like invest in uh, the women's professional soccer team and bring it to Kansas City and create, create the very first stadium in the United States built solely for a women's professional sports team. That's here in Kansas City. They, they've bought in to uh, other franchises here. They've got businesses that they're doing here, charities, and yet there are even people in Kansas City who resent her for that. There are people in Kansas City occasionally who you will meet who resent Taylor Swift over all this. Taylor Swift and her presence here has been enormous for Kansas City's economy. So, it sounds like um, a flawed
1: fan base, you know, like with some real character <laughs> flaws, we my, should probably spend more point time is, on
0: this. When yeah. people try and bring this up and try and impeach the credibility of Taylor Swift, who if you watch those clips, they are trying to create Taylor, they're trying to turn Taylor Swift into a candidate. They're asking, what's her economic policy? What does she think about this? Not only does she not have an economic policy, she's under no flipping obligation to have an economic policy. She is a very successful woman who is showing up to support her boyfriend at work, which is a pretty normal ass thing to do. And I, so when this comes up, people, I think, should be mad about it when their relatives bring it up.
1: Well, I think the interesting question will be, what does Taylor Swift do? And I I, I don't, I'm, obviously nobody knows what's in her head, but she seems like a fairly strong minded person. And, like, people can Google what happened with Kim Kardashian, if you want some evidence of this. She doesn't strike me as the kind of person who's going to be intimidated. and. I think Fox News, also like they're unloading on her now. So the question is, like, well, if you're doing that before I do anything, what is the impact going to be then if I do truly endorse, right? Because um, then you've already done, you've shot your shot, and my sense is it's not going to make any difference whatsoever. Like, I don't see the looking at Fox News and be like, you know what? Like, some like coiffed haired, you know, you, you know, Fox News Automaton is like telling me not, or Maria Bartiromo, <laughs> it's like, oh, you know what? I, I, I'm obsessed with Taylor Swift, but Maria Bartiromo made a good point about Taylor Swift. This is ridiculous.
0: You know, Here's what's going to happen. This is my prediction. I'm going to lay it out right here. What's going to happen is, is that in the run-up to the election, Taylor Swift is going to endorse Biden. She's probably even going to put on a concert of some type, some sort of performance for Biden. And that's something that she was probably going to do anyway. She has spoken out about things like LGBT issues and and, and voting rights in the past. People forget that she, uh, she lives in Tennessee, where these issues have been have been big. And she's spoken out particularly on what's gone on in Tennessee when it comes to voting rights and that sort of thing. Now, Taylor Swift. And her presence at football games has done a lot for the NFL. It has brought a lot of young women to be interested in the NFL, and it's been great for the NFL, right? Now, in the same way, what I think is going to happen because of the rule of association and the way things work now is that as soon as she does that, Travis Kelsey, who is possibly right now the biggest star in football, at least in terms of people knowing who he is and, and his popularity, is going to be brought along for that ride and travis kelsey is going to be seen to be endorsing biden as well and what i think is interesting about that is that when you look at football it is very unlike basketball in that while there are probably plenty of people in football who do not hold conservative political views there have been very few who have felt comfortable because of the kaepernick situation and others like espousing liberal views and i think when travis kelsey ends up doing that even if all he does is give a nod to the idea that he supports taylor and agrees with her on things if that's all he does it's going to allow a lot of very popular football players to do that more in the future and that is i think going to be a huge unforced error by the republicans you
1: know an anxious nation looks to aaron Rodgers for comment you know like <laughs> yeah. it's, I that's right can't wait uh that's well right. we should update that story really quickly we said mcafee had decided he was pulling rogers the next day after we said that he had rogers on for a quick hit so i don't know what's going on over there it's
0: yeah. total chaos but okay all right uh this has been fun let's start grabbing ore real quick um again i'm gonna for the third week in a row i'm gonna plug this um there's a few tickets left there's not a ton but if you're in the kansas city area um we are doing an event to benefit jewish vocational services which is the local resettlement agency specifically the one that not only resettled my wife's family when they came from soviet ukraine in 1989 uh, including my wife when she was uh, eight years old but also um the Raufi family which is my translator's family who a lot of people listening may be familiar with that story. And so myself and the Roofi family and my wife, Diana, will be doing a QA and a and a conversation about the uh, Raufi family's journey out of Afghanistan over the last couple of years, which is harrowing and quite a tale and people want to hear it, trust me. That's going to be uh, Thursday, February 8th. So coming up soon, um, Thursday, February 8th um, from 630 to 8 at Union Station. We will put once again the link in the show notes. Uh, there's not a ton of tickets left, but there are some, and we'd love to, to have folks there. So, um, Robbie, we can do one for us. What's going on with you?
1: What is going on with me? Well, I go to India in a little over a week for a couple more weeks, uh, working on that project with Crooked. So I'm just, uh, yeah, just living the life in New York. Uh, the brief time I'm here working from industrious. Yeah. Things are pretty quiet over here. What about you?
0: Uh, Diana's been traveling quite a bit for her work as a, as a keynote speaker. And so she it's was been in Eugene, trying, Oregon, I saw, by the she way. She was in Eugene, Oregon, she It's one of three states of things I've things. never been to. I really wanted to go with her. And she was like, it's a short trip. You're not going. And I was disappointed because I wanted to check that one off, but, uh, and, uh, anyway, so she's been traveling. So I've been trying to hold things down, the three of us here and, um, a funny little story about my daughter, Bella, who's three and is basically. A complete clone of my wife, so she is both adorable and brimming with personality. And uh, and so Bella, uh, I get a text from her teacher yesterday that's like, "Hey, Jason, um, her preschool teacher. FYI, we've handled it, but Bella made some bad choices today uh, at school, and she had to go see the the principal. You know, and uh, and, uh, and then there's some more information, and everything. And and so then I was like, okay, I'll reinforce it at home. So at bath time last night, I'm like. I'm ready to like have this little talk with Bella and I'm like, Bella, did you have to leave the classroom today? And she's like, yeah, I was sad. Miss Connie had me leave the classroom and, uh, and I was like, oh, I said, so you made some bad choices? And she's like, yeah. And I said, so tomorrow we'll make good choices and she go and she looks, she's like looking down and then she slowly looks up at me with this like conspiratorial mischievous look that I absolutely recognize from my wife. And she gives me a half smile and she says, but I really like bad choices. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, just I don't want to expose Bella. I'm so curious as to what these choices are that she's uh, holding so
0: She dear. wouldn't keep her shoes on. And she and another little girl kept, uh, they think it's really funny to trade shoes. And I guess it's becoming a bit of a distraction uh, in, from whatever preschool things they're trying to do. Um, I also think she may have kicked a boy in the face, <laughs> which I would not... It's hard for me to hold Bella entirely accountable for that when really the person to be held accountable for that is her older brother who plays with her. Like he is like some, he's a wonderful big brother and they adore each other and he takes great care of her. But he does sometimes play with her as if she is not, her like his three-year-old little sister but instead his twin 10-year-old brother <laughs> and uh and so she's gotten used to wrestling quite a bit and so you know we'll address that but anyway it was wow. just hilarious she's like she said but i like bad choices
1: <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> like, because I, I, yeah. I could be wrong about this but true strikes me as the kind of guy who doesn't get into a lot of trouble in school and it would be fascinating if bella is the rebellious one who's constantly having yeah, you know, he he doesn't you get in a lot of office. trouble,
0: but he he gets into the like sort of he and a few friends don't always get to be in the same classes together because they, you know, they they talk a lot. And he, he thought the whole thing was hilarious. He was like, Dad, she because he went to the principal's office once in like kindergarten. And he was like, Dad, she went to the principal's office like three years before even I did. <laughs> he was like, oh, my gosh. So uh, pretty entertaining.
1: It actually pretty reminds me my my high school, prin- my middle school principal, who was my mom's first cousin, just passed away. Uh, recently, and I saw him this year at my grandmother's 87th birthday party, and he didn't quite understand that I was—I had become a principal, and so I was explaining it to him, and he couldn't believe it because I was so bad in middle school. He was like, <laughs> "I," and he was so proud. It was great. and it's so weird because I hadn't seen him since I was in middle school, That's and then really I saw cool. him this year, and then he passed away. Um, but it was such a weird, funny interaction. He was like whoa, like you were a principal. That's so crazy. That's awesome. Uh,
0: Yeah. That's cool. That must have made him happy. All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Please leave a five-star review. Thank you to the Midas Mighty. You can find uh, Ravi and myself on social media. Ravi's at Ravi M. Gupta, wherever you do your social media. And I am at Jason Kander on the same. Remember, we all have a platform. Make sure to use yours today.